You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. Worlds above this one. Worlds below. And the real world. Which is not as real as you might think. Some stories travel through strange realms in three pages. Some don't end so much as stop. And some don't begin so much as pause and wait for you to catch up. Some stories take up an entire city. Others, a bedroom. Some have the stuff of childhood, with very adult consequences. While others show what happens when grown-up people lose what it means to be a child. And then there are some stories that let you off with a warning, while others leave you so arrested that peeling yourself away from them will take days. There's more. Toni Morrison once wrote that Tolstoy could never have known that he was writing for a black girl in Lorraine, Ohio. Neil could never have known that he was writing for a confused Jamaican kid who, without even knowing it, was still staggering from centuries of erasure of his own gods and monsters. Sure, myths were religions once, but they are at the core of a people's and a nation's identity. So, when I saw a Nazi on the other side of erasure responding to being rubbed out and forgotten, I found myself wondering who the hell was this man from the UK who had just restored our story. I understood what being taken away from our myths meant for me, but I had never considered what it meant for the myth. If Gaiman's comics and graphic novels turned me into one kind of fan, his fiction turned me into another. I envy the person who, by picking up this collection, will be reading Neil for the first time. But on the other hand, people who know all of the Beatles songs still pick up compilations, and they do so for a reason. This is an introduction by way of throwing you in the deep end. Touching on nearly everything that has sealed Gaiman's reputation as one of our masters of fantasy. And yet, even for the person who's read quite a bit of his work, there is still much to discover, even in the old stuff. Like I said, there are people who own every album but still buy the greatest hits. And it's not because of nostalgia. It's that by putting these stories beside each other, a curious new narrative emerges, that of the writer. The excerpt from Neverwhere is brilliant enough on its own, but sandwiched between Don't Ask Jack and The Daughter of Owls, all three pieces take on a new dimension. Put together, it's the theme that becomes the story. The secret lives of children, the world of terror and wonder that we leave them to when we turn off the light and close the door. What happens when the door stays closed? What happens when one world moves on and the other does not? It doesn't escape the reader that Neverwhere sounds similar to Neverland, another place where a cost is paid when children never grow up. But it does something to you, entering one world still feeling the effects and bringing the subtext of the one you have just left behind, taking the fears and wonders of one story to another.
or even better, seeing as you move through the collection what keeps Gaiman awake at night. Other odd things happen in this volume. The way we read certain characters in I Cthulhu shades how we react to their names cropping up several stories later. Those characters never really appear in the second story, but it doesn't even matter. They have left such a stamp on our imagination that we barely realize that the dread that comes to the latter story is one we bring to it. The subtext of foreboding, the sense that anything could happen, is coming from us. This is what great collections do. Recontextualize stories, even the ones you've read before, and give you brand new ways to read them. Together they also reveal aspects of story you might not have been aware of when they were apart. Side-splitting humor, for instance. Humor and horror have always been inseparable bedfellows. Horror making humor funnier. Humor making horror more horrifying. The opening punch of the story.